The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual guests. sensitive snowflake that may get easily offended and turn this off immediately. If you want to hear the real truth about the gun culture, then stick around. This is the Armed Citizen Podcast. Don't know um, what's going on. Having some technical difficulty, apparently. Anybody out there? Can you guys uh, hear me at all? I'm not having the camera going right now, but can you hear me? Let me know in the chat. If you are out there, welcome to the Armed Citizen Podcast Live. This is uh, episode number two fifteen. We are live as always on YouTube and on Facebook. And uh, if you're out there in the chat, please let us know that you can hear us. If not, then we're having a lot more problems than I thought. So, um, okay, they hear me. Good, 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 good. All right. (laughs) I'm not really sure what's been going on. It's been weird the last couple of weeks. Uh, I don't know if it's internet, if it's YouTube, if it's StreamYard. No idea. But we are live as always and um, if you're out there, like I said, go ahead and say something. If you're new to the channel, new to the show, then go ahead and say something out there. Let us know it's your first time. We'll give you a shout out and all of that jazz. If you are a veteran and or anyone really, but especially if you're a veteran and you're in that hole and you can't seem to find your way out and you're looking for help, then uh, please text me, call me, email me 24-7 can't give you medical advice but i sure as hell might be able to walk you through some stuff and help you out if you are looking for someone that can get you into some medical advice um then please remember two things one you're not alone you have a lot of brothers and sisters out here that are willing to help you out and two the world is a much better place with you in it that being said please utilize the Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. Once again, 1-800-273-8255. If you'd like to uh, call in or text in, yes, you can call in or text into the show. Utilize the Ghost Tactical Hotline presented by our good friends Rod and Shelly Gates at Aegis Gun Care. That number is 530-364-4678. And uh, we will... See them here in less than two weeks at the Watermaker Tulsa Arms Show. Let me bring in Clover in here. Um, and looking forward to seeing them as well. Um, so tonight we're going to talk a little bit about the match that I shot this weekend and uh, some other stuff. Uh, Clove, what's going on, my man? You out there? Can you hear me okay? Yeah, all good. Okay, yeah, it, it's really weird. Uh, this thing, I don't know if it's if it's laptop if it's internet, if it's StreamYard, if it's YouTube, or a combination of all, but it's been really weird and glitchy. Um, glitched last week, and it seems to be just as weird tonight, so I have no idea what's going on, but um, they say they can hear me now, so that's all that. Uh, Mr. FNA says that StreamYard kept muting Yankee last night, so I don't know. Maybe there is something, there is something going on weird. Um, 
but yeah, you're doing all right. Since you're yeah. riding shotgun this week, what shotgun do you have with you this week? Um, let's go with the old trusty. Let's go with the Mossberg 500, right? Snap. Yeah, there you, there you go. Can't go wrong with the old 500, you know? you could but um, it, it's it's a pretty steady gun it's gonna get its job done it's nothing fancy uh nothing fancy i guess but uh, it's gonna get right. the job done has anybody done heard from him anybody checked on him lately just man just i hadn't i i don't pay it but i haven't i don't remember any videos popping up or anyone talking about him in a long time so i have I no know. idea i know right you just don't hear like uh, the name that shall not be mentioned and him, you just don't hear a lot of people. And maybe it's just the circles we run in, right? I, I, I guess it could be. Um, but yeah, um, now that you, you know, you brought him up and I hadn't, like I said, I hadn't, I hadn't yeah. heard his name in a long, long time. So yeah. Anybody heard from nothing fancy out there? Let us know. Cause uh, yeah, that's, that's a question. I haven't heard from him in a while. Anything from him. All right. Uh, Calavera says he finished his paperwork for his CCW and now waiting to get notified to come pick up his card. So I'm not familiar with California. Is that a is that a shall issue or is it a may issue? Um, California. I know it's, it's a weird late. process. I think it's a may, but uh, yeah, almost. Let, let us know. I mean, like now that you finish your paperwork, are you pretty much guaranteed to get it, or are there other hoops that you have to jump through? I don't know. Uh, let's go ahead and say hi to everybody. Bucks out there, Gun Little Grandpa. Saw him this past Saturday at the match. Gunpowder Beauty's out there. Uh, let's see here. Aegis is out there. Is that Rod Shelley? Talked to Rod. Was it yesterday? I can't remember yesterday, the day before. Uh, got a text from him. I believe we're not going to give out because of Operation Security of OPSEC. We're not going to give out any locations, but. Rod sent me a text earlier, said that they changed their hotel to the hotel that we're staying at in Tulsa. Yeah, so, we're going to burn that place down. <laughs> they may not bring us back, but that's okay. Right, right. Uh, Gizer Gary's out there. Calaveras so they'll get, to, they'll get to partake, since he's out there listening. I don't know if he's heard us talk about this, but they will get to partake, definitely, since they're staying in the same hotel. They'll get to partake of the Krispy Kreme Wendy's Frosty Challenge. We are going to do that no matter what, right? I mean, that's 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 a given this time, correct? Yep. Yep. Yeah, it's happening. Yeah. Whether we want to think about that or not, we, we I don't know why we didn't last year or in April, I should say. I don't know. Well, who's out there. Up, up. So, so Krispy Kreme is the yeah. opposite direction from Claremore. And then we weren't really sure where Wendy's was at either. But there's a Wendy's in Claremore now. And so we could pick up oh, the Krispy Kreme. Yeah. Okay. yeah, we could pick up the Krispy Kreme at pretty much any time, right? And there's yeah. a microwave and the little thing in the lobby in the this hotel. So we just swing through Wendy's, pick up a bunch of Frosties, nuke the Krispy Kremes for five seconds, and we're good to go. Sounds like a plan to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Um Let's see here. I still haven't heard back from Calaveras whether he has to jump through any more hoops. So, Cal, if you're out there, let us know. Now that you get your paperwork done, is it a done deal or not? 
Uh, Mr. F and H says, I hear nothing fancy has also started on OnlyFans. <laughs> Uh, and they are a May issue, a May issue. Each county sheriff takes care of their own county. The sheriff's department does in-person interviews before the class of fingerprints. My understanding is once you got this far, it's, it is a waiting game. Well, that kind of sucks. Um, hopefully, you've got a pretty decent sheriff. I don't know. But uh, anyways, so let's, uh, let's have some fun before we jump into the discussion of my uh, meteoric rise into mediocrity uh and and long range shooting but uh we always do pretty cool polls we at least we think they're pretty cool polls we put polls out every thursday saturday and monday morning at 10 o'clock over on our community tab on the youtube side so if you want to have some votes in those we have some fun questions uh like i said every thursday saturday and monday morning at 10 a.m this week let's see here the first Speaking of Krispy Kreme, our first poll question that we put out this week is what kind of donut do you prefer? Glazed, chocolate, cinnamon, jelly-filled, or other? This one has 936 votes so far. Clover, of those choices, obviously you can use the other and let us know what you are, but what is your favorite donut? So, at any given time, I could eat just about any good donut, right? But here's oh, the sure. key to it. The key to a good donut is a good base, right? And then that okay. would be basically just a glaze. So ultimately, for mm -hmm. me, it all boils down to do they have a, just a good plain glaze? And from there, it sure. can only get better. This is true. I think glaze is that standard baseline. And if you if your glaze is bad, then chances are everything else is going to be questionable. But yeah, I, 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 I tend to agree with your assessment, at least of the baseline of a donut. Uh, if I could only, and I do love me a good glazed donut, I think everyone does. Because that's kind of what so, the first donut you're going to have. But if I had to choose yeah. only one, it would be chocolate. I love chocolate-covered, you know, donuts. Just love them. Well, if you if you say, okay, glaze is the baseline, so you got to choose something else, right? Yeah. Um, I really like the, uh, and again, it's a glazed, but I like the, the uh, glazed twist with the cinnamon. Yep, yep. Um yep. if it's if it's done right. Not all places do that right, but there's something about the twist that, you know, when they fry it up, it's got more surface area when you untwist it that's not crispy, right? That's fluffy. Yep. There's there's just something mm -hmm. about that and like the glaze seeps in between the twists and I don't know what it is about that, but uh yeah, one of those good cinnamon twists is uh uh if you're talking a specialty donut. Sure. Yeah. Now, do you like sprinkles on top or no? No, no. I would prefer not. I mean, will I eat them? Yeah. I mean, like, you know, and yeah. you get birthday cakes and everything else that has those stupid things. Right. Yeah. So yeah. I don't I don't care for them. Um, ultimately, if the donut is good enough. Right. It, it can it can compensate. But um, F&H out there says blueberry glazed is where it's at. I don't think I've ever had a blueberry blueberry glazed, but that does sound yeah. I, I'm a big blueberry fan. I'm not a, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a big. I'll eat a blueberry muffin mm -hmm. or something like that. Or I've ate, I don't mm -hmm. eat some blueberry pancakes here and there, but it's few and far between. I'm not fond of, of the blueberry flavor. Foo says I'm making them happy. I mean, I'm hungry. You know, I 
happy hungry means happy i guess if you're eating you're i'm happy so that makes the same thing cal says he uh one place he went had a chocolate filled cake donut with chocolate glaze and chocolate chunks on top now that being said i think most of the people that know me at least know me relatively well will know that i'm not a big chocolate fan i don't like chocolate but i do like brownies and chocolate cake but that to me sounds like it's too much chocolate that's just for me uh it just sounds like it might be a little yeah. bit too rich i just i'm not i don't like chocolate enough now my wife my wife's the one that's like gives me a goes to dairy queen and asks for like the chocolate flurry and asks for extra chocolate chips extra chocolate everything chocolate chocolate cho- and oh by the way throw some chocolate syrup on top um she would eat chocolate for her only meal if she could but that's just not me Rich does say he he concurs that blueberry get blueberry glaze. Say that ten times real fast. Uh, blueberry glazed are pretty darn good. Rod says glazed old fashioned donuts. So with nine hundred and thirty six votes right now, glazed is coming in in first place with forty five percent of the vote. Not necessarily a big surprise there. What is a surprise to me? is who's in second place with 18% jelly filled. See, I'm not a huge fan of jelly filled, but like a lemon filled, like the lemon pudding or whatever, whatever you want to well, call what it. What is those filled. ones like the rectangle donuts that have the chocolate and in, in, in like the, a long the John. Cream? Yeah, those are pretty good, but I'm not a, I'm not a jelly filled guy at all. At all. To me, the, the, um, so I got to have that, that, um, tartness i guess of the lemon and the in the raspberry field is not is not terrible but anything filled the lemon is going to be my go-to and part of the problem i have with like a cream filled with like a vanilla type cream uh Uh you know like a boston cream or something like that right uh is is the sensation because that is sort of the same flavor almost as the texture almost yeah, it, it makes it just feels to me like I'm eating a raw donut. Because if you had a raw donut, it would have that same gooeyness or whatever in the center. And it's just, it, it's yeah. for me, it's weird. No, I hear you. Uh, what about an eclairs? Do you like eclairs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. like eclairs. Yeah. Eclairs, so, what the, the uh, not, number no, two was the jelly? Jelly. And, and, and like I said, no one out in the chat, at least. Has mentioned any kind of jelly fill, but it is in second place with 18%. In third place at 17% is chocolate. In fourth place at 15% is other. And we'll get to some of those comments real quick. And then in last place at 5% is cinnamon. Um, That probably would have been where I would have went if it wasn't for, I wasn't thinking base, you know. Sure, sure. Uh, People will mention bear claws. Uh, bear claws. Um, My wife is uh, apple fritter. That's her. Okay. Go-to. All right. Uh, out there in the comments on the on the post was Janelle Haney says sour cream glazed. I don't know. Never heard of sour cream glazed, but interesting. Um, bear I don't claws. Like sour cream, so. Bavarian cream. A lot of cream, cream cheese. A lot of the cream filled is where people are going. Well, here's the thing: is a cream filled and, and a- all of that. Ultimately, is is a filled donut a filled donut, regardless of whether it's jelly or what's inside of it? You know, I, I guess if if I was if I was probably voting, and let's say my favorite is a chocolate cream filled, I probably would have gone jelly. Mm-hmm. 
you know, because it is a filled and maybe I should have put filled donuts instead of just yeah. jelly filled, but I'm not. I mean, because smart. isn't pudding isn't pudding just mm -hmm. like a non fruit jelly? Honestly, eh, I can see where you're going with that. I can it's sort of the same that. consistency. It's the same texture. It's the same principle. Gunmetal guy says one obstacle: jelly dropping on level one tactical beard makes for a sticky mag change. <laughs> I, I can get that. This is true. true. F and A has ever had a German chocolate cake. I'm not a big German chocolate uh, cake fan, so I do. I like German um, chocolate cake. Never had a German my, chocolate cake donut. My dad loved German chocolate cake, and he liked carrot cake. Uh, I'm not a big fan of either one of them, but um, I have had a carrot cake donut, mm -hmm. and it wasn't terrible. Just saying. So, have uh, you or anybody out there, obviously in the chat, have you ever had canned biscuit donuts? Can biscuit donuts can't say oh, that's like a guilty pleasure of mine uh it really is so very simple you can use grands the big huge biscuits if you so sure. choose oh, the flaky ones i love the grands flaky so, biscuits so yeah. get you a can of buttermilk biscuits right uh and you can literally you can take a like a, an apple corer or uh you know what i mean mean one of the mm. little uh, things that cuts a little circle uh the cap off of like a two liter sure uh, soft drink you can even do it but anyway punch you a donut hole in the middle obviously right. uh and then uh, obviously get you some kind of uh, uh cooking oil put it in a pan and uh fry her up get it hot yeah and, and just enough you know where it'll cover one side uh you know it doesn't take a whole lot shallow fry and then uh, flip them and it doesn't take long so you want you you don't want it super super hot right because it doesn't so take long. you don't bake the biscuit ahead of time it's just you put the dough straight into the oil I do. I just throw the biscuits straight into the oil. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then, um, um, and then turn around, like I said, it's not a very high, a very high heat on it. Um, mm -hmm. That way it cooks through before it gets just burnt. Uh, but yeah, get them, get them golden brown uh, and then uh, yank them out, put them on a, on a rack, let them cool. And then mix you up some, uh, I don't know the ratio. I just do it by feel, you know, but mix you up some uh, powdered sugar and water. Uh, mm -hmm. and put a little bit of uh, vanilla flavoring in that. Uh, mm -hmm. You can also, you can put a little bit of lemon flavoring or pretty much anything, mm -hmm. depending on what you wanted to do, right? Uh, and then uh, I brush that on, you know, that's how I do it. Uh, that way I don't waste a bunch, you know what I mean, trying to pour it across yeah. there. Uh, I'll take and brush it on them, uh, and then you know, give it a few seconds for that to kind of crystallize or harden up. And uh, yeah, canned biscuit donuts are the bomb. Had those growing up. My mom would always make those and I don't get them too often now with the diet and stuff, but uh, they're quick and easy, uh, and they're they're pretty tasty. I'm going to try those out because I love those grand flaky biscuits, man. Those are those might be the best canned biscuits there are out there. All right, now we've got everybody hungry. Let's let's kind of move on. Now this one uh, has got 975 votes. Um, and I knew where it was probably going to go because it was asked on YouTube. But I said, you know, which one of these do you use most? Instagram, YouTube, Snapchat, Facebook, or other? So I want to ask you real quick. Um, of those, which one do you use the most? YouTube, no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, that's where I'm at also. Um, 
I wouldn't say it's a close second, but my second is probably Instagram because I, I have enjoyed Instagram over the last couple of years since I got on. It's easy just looking at pictures, but like I said, with 975 votes coming in at 84% is YouTube. Now, obviously, I asked it on YouTube, so I figured that was probably going to happen. Uh, second place with five or tied for second place, I should say, with Instagram and Facebook. Um, and third place with 4% is other, and in last place with 2% is Snapchat. So we're going to go to the others. And Elder out there, I said, I like Steven. He says, My name is Steven, and I'm a YouTube aholic. Um, most everybody was saying, um, then Frank was out there. I don't know if he was answering another question somewhere, somehow. He says, Winchester White Box, sometimes federal. Ghost is my friend, Semper Fi. So uh, either he's had a little glitch in the matrix or he was answering another question or he was just being silly, but uh, Winchester white box. Um, but yeah, now there was a guy that says YouTube and Reddit. Typically I'm not going to go all the time. I'm not making this a blanket statement. Typically the people that spend their time on YouTube are not on the Reddit type forums. Cause that's a whole nother weird you know, either you're a forum person, typically, typically, either you're a yeah. forum person or you're a, a YouTube video person. Uh, I don't I don't come across many that spend time on each usually. Yeah, there's not a lot of crossover. And, and that's the perfect opportunity to say if there's anybody listening to this <clears throat> because of certain rules or Reddit and other things. If you if you do crossover, if you do yeah. watch a lot of YouTube, listen to you know YouTube, whatever. Uh, and you participate in Reddit quite often. Consider sharing stuff from yep. YouTube creators over there uh, because you're the you're the link. Uh, you are it. And because, like I said, there's very few people that that cross over. Yeah. <laughs> now, Gunmetal Guy says this community is awesome. Can get tips on removing a squib from a barrel and cooking pastries in the same chat. Merica, this is true. You never know what you're going to get out of our podcasts. Uh, we might be talking about all sorts of tactical weird things, and you also get a chance to get a recipe for um, canned biscuit donuts all in the same chat. So, yeah, it is what America is all about. Uh, and the last one, we always put some kind of a firearm up there. This one, and we put this one up yesterday, got 831 votes so far. And it's a simple yes or no. When driving, do you keep a firearm in the car? And I'll start with you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. multiple probably with me. Um, oh, yeah. I probably have two or three at minimum anytime I go somewhere. Yeah. Um, and 77% of the people out there say yes. Uh, 23% say no. There were a few people out in the comments that were um, wondering if I'm police or ATF, uh, criticized me for asking such a personal question. And I just simply said, move on. There's nothing to see here. Or I told one guy, yes, I do work for the FAT. And um, he says, I figure it sounds like something they would ask. And I'm like, okay. So, yeah. Um, you got to love it. Um, a lot of people were saying that they're from like New Jersey and stuff like that in the comments saying they, they would if they could, but they're not allowed to. But um, Kim Powder Beauty says, I heard donuts. Firearms, not donuts. How about firearms and donuts? I mean, honestly, guns, Wendy's Frosty, 
Whataburger burger and Krispy Kreme donut. Is that like not like the perfect setting? And we can have that in a in less than two weeks in Tulsa. Yeah. Because um, I promise you we will have Whataburger. I promise you we'll have a Wendy's Frosty. And I promise you we'll have Krispy Kreme donuts. And oh, yes, there will be many guns. Great, perfect day. What were we saying? Yeah, I'd say uh, I don't know. I don't know all of that in one day or all of that consecutively as far as. Well, I don't know if I'd go consecutively. Uh, you probably get uh, pretty sick with that, you know. But uh, I think within yeah, a weekend, to, it'd be pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I tend to, um, you know, with Whataburger, I tend to go a little over the top usually when I go to Whataburger. Uh, and I'm pretty well stuffed to the gills when I get out of there. So there's no way I could go in there. On the heels of Krispy Kreme or and or a frosty, oh, no, no, no. there's no way I could do that coming out, and I really wouldn't want to because you know you got to have the chocolate shake with your burger and stuff anyway. So, yeah, well, I I could probably go water burger every day. I don't know if I could go Krispy Kreme every day. I could even go water burger in a Wendy's Frosty every day. I'm just I can't I'm not a huge to go water burger every day. But yeah, you know, I'm just saying I would. I'm just saying I, I could. I but then yeah. again, I don't have a water burger near me. So every time I get around water burger, it's just one of those things where I I have to go back to it. But um, you know, my nearest water burger is three and a half hours away. So right. Um. Rich says you could put like those weird Canadians and put the Wendy's burger on the Krispy Kreme glazed donut. I wouldn't get a Wendy's burger. I would get a water burger, but uh, you know, some, some things are, are amazing by themselves, but you put them together just because they're amazing by themselves. Does not mean they'd be amazing together? I think that's one of them. I just don't. I don't see it. I don't see it. And Calaveras, you shut your mouth. I will boot your ass out of here very quickly. He says Whataburger is overhyped McDonald's. Yeah, whatever. You've had Whataburger, I believe, when you were in Tulsa. We we made you get Whataburger, and how can you can sit there and say it's overhyped McDonald's? You are outside your damn mind. I promise you. Yeah. Uh, Gun Metal says now I do on on Body Mobile carry more as i shared in poll the car is moving and easily put you in uncool area within a street or two so be prepared yeah i mean i'll always have man i know i always have my ccw and um an ar in the car at all times and there also might be another pistol there could be all sorts of stuff. I usually will carry two or three in the vehicle with me, especially if I'm going somewhere, like not just to the street or to the store or something. If I'm going somewhere, yeah, I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have a couple with me. Film uh, Batter says KFC stri- chicken strips on a Krispy Kreme donut. See, I'm not a big KFC fan. I'm not. Um, I love chicken. I don't like KFC chicken. I like Popeyes chicken and Chick Fil A chicken. So I'm not, I'm, I can't honestly remember. As a matter of fact, we were talking, we had Popeye's last night the night before. I can't remember. Uh, my wife and I did, and I can't, we were sitting there talking about it and can't remember. It's been a couple of years, if not maybe five years 
since we've had KFC. I just never, never, and maybe it's just my local KFC is that bad. I don't know, but uh, I've never really been a huge fan of KFC. You a big fan of KFC? Yeah, I mean, I don't get it very often, but yeah, I mean, I, I love original recipe. Um, and you've got people that do, and you got people that don't. So the people that love original recipe, that's really the only ways you can get something like that, other than yeah. homemade fried chicken, uh, is KFC, unfortunately. Now, uh, my grandmother made some. I know some other people, you know, made homemade that was pretty close. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I think for a very long time, um, KFC is, has been known for being in very inconsistent from one location to the next. Yeah. And maybe um, that's the problem. Our, our local just and, might and be I think trash. That's, yeah. And I think that's why a lot of them get a bad rap. Uh, KFC is a Taco Bell, a fast food chicken. I think so. Although I love Taco Bell. So, I mean, I know what you're saying there, but I'm, I'm a fan of Taco Bell. So I'm not going to, you know, let you go too far. Yeah. Uh, Cal is a dump powder suffering from, I haven't had the new cantina thing. No, I haven't had yeah. it. Yeah. I had that the other day. Rod says that Cal is from Cali. So it must be like the trashy in and out. Not gonna lie, man. When I lived in San Diego, In and Out was pretty damn good. It's not Whataburger, but it's pretty good. I'm not gonna lie. Um, he said Cal just said he had Whataburger in Tulsa. Uh gunpowder. Jesse says there isn't a Chick-fil-A within an hour of me. Well, that's that's I'm sorry. Popeyes. Popeyes chicken is amazing. As far as like chicken tenders go, mm, can't go wrong with Popeyes. Yeah, it's oh. hard to beat the uh hard to beat the the uh nuggets or the bites or whatever at chick-fil-a though yeah and uh, and the breakfast oh my god the little breakfast nugget breakfast biscuit yes not the biscuit whatever i mean the biscuit's okay but the the little bites the breakfast but yeah they they put the tenders in the biscuit they cut it in four that's not a biscuit here it's a hot roll here and it's like a well, you're right. It like, is a hot roll, isn't it? Yeah, yes, you're right. It's like a but it is a hot roll. That's, you're right. You're yeah. right. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so um, good. Oh, my God. Now, they're expensive for what you get, for sure. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. Like three, it's like they're like a dollar a piece or some kind of crap if you get the four piece. It's better to get like the 15 piece, Yeah, which is hard to eat, all of it. But now, I will say this about Chick-fil-A and breakfast. I do not understand for the life of me why they do not offer waffle fries at breakfast. I mean, come on. They got waffle fries are food. damn good. They've got their, um, and, and their, their little brown. round tater tot, hash brown, yeah, whatever you want like, to call them. Please. If you're, if you're frying yeah. potatoes, what difference does it make? Fry waffle yeah. fries and be done with it. Right. I <sighs> agree. Buck says that I can, ghost carries his long range rifle because he's trouble a mile away. Eh, we're going to get into that. <laughs> I don't know about that. Um, Let's see here. Cajun guy says they all have plasticizers in them. I've heard. What's he talking about? I don't know. Different. says says I. Yeah, probably. He says I boycotted Taco Bell for a decade after getting trapped in a drive-through for forty-five minutes and couldn't get. Now, yeah, they at least one here also has the one-lane drive-through. So if you have to leave, yeah, you're not getting out. That 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 is a bad unless you want to jump the curb and go in the grass. That's. So, you know, he mentions that. And I don't know that I've ever been to a Taco Bell. 
that you weren't boxed in. You couldn't even jump a curb. Yeah. There was like a hill or a barrier yeah, the or only another reason building. You can jump or, a curb at mine is it's an empty lot. It's like an empty lot next door. So you could jump yeah. that curb. Um, no. but not, yeah, not yeah, in yeah. any of the ones I've ever been to. You were you were totally boxed in. If you got in there, you were screwed. Now I've never luckily I've never had that situation, but yeah. Yep. Uh, KFC and Taco Bell owned by the same company. We're very aware of that. Uh, Raising King right? chicken strips for the win. I'll tell you, I think Long John is is correct. Yes. Um, I'll tell you my favorite chicken tender in the world, and I'm biased. Um, but if you live in Arkansas, then you'll know what I'm talking about. And it's a, a place called Harps, and it's a grocery store. It's a little country grocery store uh, here in Arkansas. And Harps, I go there, no joke, two or three days a week for their chicken tenders for lunch. And they are hands down the best chicken tenders I've ever had anywhere in the world. Um, Popeye's as far as fast food, Popeye's for me is by far number one. But if I could just have one chicken tender for the rest of my life, it's going to go from Harps. And if you're from Arkansas, then you know about Harps, especially their chicken. It's unreal. Um. Uh-oh. Mandatory carries out there dropping a bomb. Five dollar super chat. Thank you, Mandatory. Just keep fighting, build, build a get home bag. Remember that uh number nine or seventeen is coming. Iran created the coronavirus and framed China, and there are four lights. So thanks to my buddy out there. Uh, as you guys know, we don't ask nor do we encourage super chats, but all of them go towards sending care packages to our troops overseas. So things he says don't read that i just did brother um you know if i put a super chat up there and you put something on there i'm gonna have to read it so uh be careful with what you put be careful with what you put uh he just says ross says raising cane chicken strips for the win that must be an idaho thing have you ever heard of raising cane chicken strips yeah yeah okay so it's not just in idaho i guess i guess i don't know who they are yeah they're, um, they're all over the place i don't know exactly we're all but okay yeah i've never heard of them uh there's a there's another one that's coming in the state the last four or five about five or six years i guess called uh slim chickens it's not bad mm-hmm. not yeah. bad yep they um, got a slim chickens in, Tol- in tulsa yeah they do a buddy of mine used to be uh he used to own about four or five he sold them a couple years ago honestly right before the pandemic he kind of got lucky in that i guess um but yeah, Harps is good. Buck says, yep, he's. I'm sorry, mandatory care. I, I didn't see you don't read it until after I read it. So I'm like I said, I'm really not that smart. Uh Man Against the Masses says I tend to support local eateries rather than chain restaurants. I, I do too, except for here in my hometown, there's only a couple of them um that are worth anything. We've got a Mexican restaurant that's pretty decent. We've got uh, it's called Smokehouse, and it's kind of like a, a diner, you know, uh, which is great because I love diner food. Um, and then there's an Italian restaurant that's okay, but if you're in the craving for Italian, at least you've got one. But there, there's really not a whole lot of great restaurants here. So um, we cook a lot here. I can say we. I, I cook every now and then. My wife cooks a lot. Um, so we cook. We eat a lot of stuff at home, but when we do go out, especially to a town that like we don't have Popeye's here. We don't have Chick-fil-A here. So if we're somewhere that has a Popeye's or Chick-fil-A, we're probably going there because we don't get it very often. So 
Uh, Rod says Louisiana and Texas mainly. It must be maybe in South Texas too, because I don't. Now I haven't been in Dallas in a long time as far as living there, but I don't remember ever having that in Dallas when I was there. But who knows? I think they're I think they're kind of newer. Okay. So, oh, that's right. Now Buck says Zaxby's is. Now I don't know if you ever heard had heard of Zaxby's. Zaxby's is good, but I'll agree it is way overpriced, but it's very good. Um, but I'm not going to pay you know, $15 for a chicken tender dinner, you know, you know, Um, you were talking about the, you were talking about the diners. There used to be a chain of them around here and, uh, always a lot of truckers and stuff there. Um, and so Mm -hmm. they, they always kind of got a bad rap and bad reputation. Uh, but amazing. It was called the pit. They were called the pit grill. And uh, I'll never forget because it was just like a diner. They had just about anything you would ever want to eat right on the menu. All made to order. um, And you could order anything at any time of the day or night. Right. They were open 24, seven, 365. And they always offered it. And I don't remember the cost now, but they always offered an all you can eat. And you can literally get, you could literally go in and it, it was a little bit pricey. Right. Uh, and I want to say it was like maybe seven ninety nine or nine ninety nine. Now this has been decades ago. Uh, they haven't been around for all you can eat at all. <laughs> but it was all you can eat. Literal. You could have the pork chops, smothered pork chops, and then turn around and have a burger, and then turn around and have pancakes, and then you know what I'm saying. And it, like all you had to do was at least try to finish most of your plate. You know what I'm saying? They weren't really a stickler on yeah. it. If it was certain things you, you didn't eat or didn't like, you know, that type of thing. But, um, yeah, as you ate the majority of it on the plate, they'd let you order another, another go. But I'm telling you what, I, I never was able to close the place down because, you know, a couple of, a couple of plates was about all I could handle no matter what I got. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we our our little diner here is called Smokehouse, and, and it's it's Monday through Thursday it closes like ten or eleven, uh, but Friday and Saturday, maybe even Sunday, it's open twenty four hours. And um, but yeah, you, you can get breakfast stuff all day. You can get dinner stuff all day. I mean, you can get you know whatever they've got Philly cheese steaks that are great. Uh, they've, I mean, they've just, they've got a loaded baked potato that's enormous called the Betty Spud. It's great. Everything. I haven't had a single bad meal in 19 years that I've lived here going to that place. And it's kind of our go-to, like, we can't figure out what we want. Hey, let's just go to Smokehouse because we can get kind of whatever. So love Smokehouse. Um, let's see here. Man Against the Masses says there is no true nightlife in my area. A shit ton of restaurants though. See, there's our town's a small town in rural Arkansas. Our town shuts down basically at nine o'clock at night. I think like the McDonald's and stuff stay open to like maybe 10, 10 30. Uh, even the Walmart since the pandemic used to be 24 hours. Now it shuts down at 11. I don't know if they'll ever go back to 24 hours, to be honest with you. So I don't know. Um, there was something up here that I just saw. Oh, you're, you were talking about on John Silver's earlier. And Rob out there says, just had fish and chips from a local place. It was good. Are you a fish guy? Do you like the, the old fish and chips? You know, like the fast food fish stuff? No, I mean, I, I will I will eat Long John Silver's. Um, but, you know, yeah, I'm not big into fish and seafood and stuff like that. I, I, my, my favorite fish to eat is, is crappie. 
And I mean, you can't find that in a grocery store and you can't find that in a restaurant. You know what I mean? It has to be somebody. Yeah. has to be somebody that's went, went fishing. Right. Uh, and get invited to a fish fry. It's about the only reason why you get that. That's my favorite. I'm not even that big on catfish. Uh, but the white yeah, fish, like to whatever it is that uh, Cod that long, whatever it is they use that yeah. long john, yeah, long john silver has. It's like it's not bad. And, and let's be honest, the, the batter is one of the biggest draws for me with long john silvers. Um, yeah. I really like the the I, batter they use. I do not like fish in any way, shape, or form. The only fish that are, or I should say, food that I'll eat from the water are shellfish. I, I do like shrimp and lobster and. Um, crab and all that but um i do not like fish maybe because i can't see the smell of it so i just you know i I don't know never never have liked fish in my life um got an interesting question gunmetal guy says survivalist type question cooking at home to mitigate exposure to the riot pro masses kind of sort of may need to be prioritized more in a foreseeable future what's your thoughts so I, I will say this, um, I am not one of the crazy doomsday, um, and I say crazy, I'm not saying like y'all are crazy, but uh, the, the, the crazy, crazy like atmosphere of the doomsday or red dawn type apocalypse type stuff. Um, but I will say that I'm not going to have like a storm cellar full, full of survivalist um, food and gear and all that. What I will say is we're always going to make sure that we're prepared and we have enough to get us maybe through a couple of weeks or a month or something like that. Um, it's not like we're going to be able to go down there. And what was that movie with Brendan Fraser? They closed it. They go to the bomb shelter and they're there for 50 years or whatever. Yeah. You know, we're not going to do that. Um, but we're going to make sure that, um, that we're prepared as far as the, the, the crazy masses of people, I I don't see that here. Uh, like I said, I live in a a small rural town. That um, that that stuff just doesn't go on here because if anyone has that kind of a bigger problem, like it kind of gets taken care of um, in a small rural southern town. So I don't I I, I just see it and I, I understand it's going on. I just don't see it here. So. Uh, my outlook on that kind of stuff is going to be a little bit different. And I suspect that clovers will be relatively the same because we live in the same kind of environment yeah. is I, I don't get involved with as much as that stuff because we're of where I live. And if trouble were to come towards this area, um, trouble's going to hit the County line in any direction of this County. And it's going to run into, it actually hits a state line to be honest with you. Um, it, it's going to run into a lot of stuff, so I, I don't, I don't worry about that. But we're always going to be prepared. We're always going to have water. We're always going to have some canned food stuff, and we're always going to be able to build fires. We're always going to be able to hunt, and if we had to, we're always going to be able to survive, if you will. What about you guys? Kind of the same situation as us. You read, you read that question completely different than I read that question. Maybe you I just misunderstood. The, you went off down the prepping and like. Well, he says survivalist type question. And he says cooking at home. So I was focusing more on oh, the maybe yeah, well, millennials or young people that just don't know how to freaking cook and they just eat out all the time. Well, first of all, you're wasting money. Um, 
because I, guess I got fixated I, on the survivalist part maybe, of it. Yeah, but you know, I did enough. the I did the math, and you know, especially on the dieting and, and the things that we do, and not dieting in the sense of uh, necessarily weight loss. It's it's more of a lifestyle type thing. But um, you know, there's you know, it's it's cheat days if we go out to eat because you can't hardly eat anything fast food anyway. But we do a lot of meal prep. And so I did the math. We ate, I, I told you I was eating the last burger the other night. Um, and I made like 18 half pound burgers, stuffed burgers, either stuffed burgers, not just burgers, you know, uh, on the smoker. And all stuff in there. 18 of them stuffed with cheese, stuffed with onion seasoning, a mm -hmm. uh, little bit of uh, sugar free barbecue sauce mixed in there to give it a little moisture and some other things and bacon and, uh, you know, all stuff. And I was able to do 18 of those for like $26. Yeah. yeah. Which, which sounds like a lot, but no. what does it cost you to go out to eat? And we ate good hamburgers for like a week off of that. You yeah. know what I mean? So Absolutely. there's no doubt that it, it saved money. And so, plus, you know, playing around with cooking and stuff is fun. fun. I'm not a great cook by any means, but. Yep. I enjoy, I, well, don't get me wrong. If, if I have to cook, I don't, I don't necessarily enjoy it so much. Right. <laughs> but like if somebody says, oh, there's a family reunion and we need you to make four pies. Well, I'm not going to enjoy that nearly as much as if I can just go in the kitchen and play around. You know what I mean? Um, yep. But cooking's fun. It, it's fun to play around with different flavors and combinations of things. Um, I've got some stuff sitting in the refrigerator right now. Uh, some uh, some sugar-free candy, some idea for some sugar-free mm -hmm. candies um, that I'm going to play around with probably tomorrow. And so I, I mixed up some stuff, prepped some stuff earlier and stuck it in the fridge. So, uh, yeah, it can be fun uh, to, to do that and, and to know that you can do it. I think that's the biggest thing, right? Yeah, right. Um, yep, absolutely. Now, do, Rob do says, call him cheap, but Clover's the one that unplugs the closet. <laughs> that's pretty funny. <laughs> Yeah, he so might unplug the closet, but some bitch does not turn the fucking TV off all night. I promise you that. Mm -hmm. Well, I have to mitigate that by by unplugging the clocks, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. uh, he says, guys, let's backtrack a little. The food prep questions was for urban environment. You bother, you bother were correct. Oh, you both were correct, but more to Clovertech point of saving the benefit of avoided trouble. I'm in a country boy stuck in DFW. See, I grew up in DFW, grew up in Plano. So I, I get that. Yeah, as far as um, having to go out into public and all of that because you're in the urban jungle that is DFW, you're going to go out to get your food. You're going to go out to eat a lot more. And I, I get that. Um, but I guess and I'm lucky. Because, yes, they are. That's, that's something yes, to add. Are. So when we're talking We've about We've got a prep. huge one. Yeah, we got There's a huge lots of things. We, there, I mean, even a small one. I mean, for for you know somebody that just one needs to put up some food. You're not talking about a apocalyptic scenario, right? You're, you've got yeah. electricity and you've got all this other you're stuff. Putting a, a full deer and cow right. in the freezer, you know? right? Well, it's it's you know it's one of them situations where you know you may need enough food in your in your house or whatever to mm -hmm. you know get by for you know, a couple of weeks maybe because till things settle down or whatever the case may be. Um, and so you can pick up a chest freezer, little chest freezer for less than 200 bucks. I see them pretty regular. Um, and 
you know, talking about the meal prep, one of the things you can, you can do really cheap and you can do a lot of it. It's like homemade pizza. Oh my God. It's so, yeah. so cheap. I do. We do. We do pizza toast a lot on Texas toast. And that will, Phenomenal. and that will freeze really well. Uh, mix it up, you know, slice it into individual portions, uh, mm-hmm. put it in bags and freeze it. And, you know, all you got to do is throw that stuff in the microwave or even on a flat iron or something and, uh, and warm mm-hmm. it up and you're good to go. Buck says that eating a good stuffed hamburger is, and then eating a regular burger is like going to Wanamaker <laughs> and then going to a regular gun show. This is you. true. I guarantee this is you. True. Uh, mandatory carry. So speaking of which, when is Wanamaker? It is next, not this coming, but it'll be like the 13th and 14th of November, a week from this weekend. So about 10, 12, 10, 11 days from now. Um, so yeah, yep. it is great. Um, yeah, well, you know, the good thing about as far as food goes, when my wife cooks, my wife is an amazing cook. Um, she doesn't use recipes. She's just can literally go in. She's one of those people that can go into a pantry and just say, here, the, grab these five items and she'll figure out a way to make something great out of it. She's that good. But she also isn't one of those. And, and you know what I mean when I say this? Cooking for more people, a lot of people is easier getting the spices right and the taste right than it is cooking for two people. Yeah. And definitely. so she she cooks and we have leftovers for we eat whatever she cooks, whether it's a soup or whatever, it's gonna last us at least two days, if not three. Um, because there's just the two of us. So yeah, that is another yeah. good thing about cooking more than you, you know, you, you can buy in bulk. You can do all of this and save money in bulk. And then cooking in bulk also can save money because you can you can eat on that one meal that costs you $10 at the grocery store for three days. Now that right. meal costs you, you know, $1.50 a piece a day. So that ain't bad. No. Nope. Uh, but yeah. Um, so about a year from now for me, time to put some time off and for mandatory carry and love to have you. If you have ever been to want to make, we keep telling people it is a bucket list for sure. You've got to get there every April and every November. Uh, they have them there in Tulsa. So uh, there's no excuse. There's no excuse that you guys can't make it to Tulsa. And if you have to fly, not a problem. A bunch of us always have vehicles. We'll, we'll be more than happy to pick you up at the airport. Flights are cheap right now, too. Yeah, they are. We got a friend of ours flying in uh, this week uh, for this year, this in a couple of weeks, but flying in. And from what I understand, the cheap the cheap flights are the reason why they decided to come. You know, yeah, like round trip for a hundred bucks or something crazy, something, something crazy. Yeah. Then again, who really flies into Tulsa? So they, they've got they've got to right. drop their prices a little right. bit. Yeah, mandatory cases. Oh, April and November. Every April, every November is the second weekend of each month every year. So be there or yep. be square. All right. We have bullshit our way through the first 50 minutes of this this freak show. And uh I don't know if people like this. Yes, okay. So before we go into our topic, I do want to say this. The people that are out there, would you rather on a weekly basis when we come on and start this, would you rather I jump right into the topic and then do the polls and the bullshitting and having fun at the end? Or like we've been doing for the last few months, starting with the polls and having fun talking and then 
um, an hour in or so talk about the topic of the night. Which one would you um, rather us do? Talk about the topic first and then have fun with the polls and bullshitting or start with the polls and bullshitting first and talk topic second hour? So, so you guys have to get an idea. I should put a poll out there, but I don't right. want to do that. Well, what are you it's, you know, for me, it really doesn't make a lot of difference, but you kind of get, I don't know, you kind of get the, the chat going and everything else. We all know people are slow to come in and that kind of yeah. stuff. So uh, it just depends. I, you know, if you've got people slow to come in and they're pissed because they missed the, <laughs> missed all the, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Just the silliness and the fun or whatever. Yeah. Um either way you're not going to make it's going to be a 50 50 poll i would think you know yeah uh, yeah I, I i personally like doing the polls and having fun early on um because if we start going down topic we might not ever get to those polls we might not ever get to the that the bullshit and all that um because I mean, whatever uh, now, mandatory carries is bullshit both hours. Well, we could do that, too. We do that quite a bit, actually. Well, it, um, it, it is, even when we have a topic. Yep, and there you go. So, Man Against the Masses said, uh, topic first, because you might not make it there if it gets sidetracked. This is true. Um, Buck says, start off with the polls first. So, you know, like you said, it's probably it would probably be 50-50. So, it is what it is. But... Either way, we are going to start talking about a topic. And a topic this week is I shot my first match this past Saturday. Uh, found out about this match. There is a video on our YouTube channel, so you can go and watch it. It'll kind of give you some background and all that. But I found out about it like Tuesday. And um, it was at a range that I had never heard anything about because... Um, it only opened about three weeks ago, but I didn't hear that it was coming. I didn't hear anything about it. Um, but it's a range in Little Rock. It's about an hour and a half from me. And it goes out to 2,300 yards. It's a great range. It's a tough range to shoot because uh, it's flat, which people think that that's crazy. But identifying targets is much more difficult when all you have is a berm and flat land out to that, you know, that long when you have a mountain or something that's, it's kind of easier. Sometimes it's a hard range, but plus the wind, um, the wind was howling and it was swirling in different directions. And, um, but it's a tough range to shoot, but it's a beautiful range. I love the range. Matter of fact, they are going to come next Tuesday night. They will be on the show, uh, confirmed that this weekend. And, uh, the, the range is called Twisted Barrel Precision, and it's uh, it's great. It is wonderful range. Um, look forward to shooting a lot more down there. But anyways, so they decided they opened up like October 1st. Um, so they decided to have a little local match. They wanted to kind of get their feet wet and see how running a match. They wanted to introduce the range to a lot of people. More importantly, I wanted to see, is this something I wanted to do on a monthly basis, having monthly you know, local matches, club matches next year at the range? I think the answer is going to be yes. Uh, because there were like 50-some-odd shooters that showed up, which is awesome. Um, for a range that no one knew about. And there were people coming from out of state, which is really cool. Um, and I think having a range goes out to 2,300 yards, which is, you know, well over a mile, it's just under a mile and a half, probably, you know, a mile and what 
two fifths or something like that, you know, um, wonderful, wonderful range. Um, so I decided, you know, I didn't have enough ammo. I only had about 60 rounds, but I was, as I try to find real quickly, um, really try to find quickly some extra ammo. Couldn't get it here in time. Nothing was local. Talked to the guys down at the twisted bro. says, I think we've got some six, five creed, but they only had like 143 grain and something else. I used to shoot 140 grain for the match ammo. Um, and so that wouldn't have worked. So, so anyway, anyways, I went there and, uh, was a little nervous. I'm not going to lie. It's been a long time since I've been nervous about something, but I was a little bit nervous about shooting, uh, my first match, but I do want to send a shout out to my daughter and to gun loving grandpa buck buck came out and, and, and showed up and supported and, uh, helped film a couple stages for me and all that, but it was nice to see him. Um, yeah, it was interesting because in our squad, we have a young man who's a couple years younger than my daughter, who's a very accomplished, uh, I think like national champion uh, shooter as a junior and all of that. Very accomplished shooter in different uh, disciplines and all of that. And great long range shooter. And he was the one that kind of told me, says, hey, let's you know, come shoot whatever ammo you have, just come shoot. It's like, okay, cool. And then there was like me and like three other first time shooters. And um, so that's kind of cool. So we had a bunch of, of newbies in this squad, and Jack was great the whole time. He helped me and everyone else. He was amazing. Um, great, great kid. But, yeah, so we get there. The first couple stages, I didn't hit shit. First stage and a half, I, I did not hit a target. And it wasn't like I was because I was like, when I got there, it's like 630. And by 7, about 710 or so, it got light enough to where um, we could zero, you know. And so I just verified zero and everything was good to go. No problems whatsoever. Get to the first stage, did not hit a target. Not one. I'm like, what the hell? And everyone's like, man, you weren't even close. I was like, what? Because you weren't even close on some of them. I'm like, that's crazy. So I'm thinking maybe it's me. I'm, I'm jerking. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm nervous. So, so I'm, maybe, I don't know, but it must be me. So I get to the, the second stage. And they're and you know the great thing about being a new a new shooter, they allow you guys to tell us where our impacts are and where our misses are. Say, hey, hold it, you know, hold maybe a couple tents more right than you have it set or whatever. So, um, anyways, it was great. So I'm sitting there in the second stage, and he's like, "Boom, okay, you're off. Hey, come right two more tents." It's like, okay, so I go hold up two more tents. He then all of a sudden goes. Whoa, like you were eight feet left on the net on that one. I'm like, what? And so I, I stopped shooting. I was like, what is going on? It was really, really strange. And then we kind of started looking, and he's like, something's something's off. My scope base and my rings were loose. And I talked to Clover about this, and and I, I used the red Loctite. I don't know if Loctite. Clover might be able to help me out with this, but I don't know if Loctite having like a shelf life of when it doesn't work anymore, but I use red Loctite on everything and it was fine when I zeroed. And then by this first and second stage, it was all over the place. Um, so I'm going to, I don't think the scope mount is going it, to, it's a loophole. So I'm assuming that that's going to be, I mean, it was relatively expensive for a, a, a rail base 
So I don't know if that was a problem, but something, maybe it was the screws that I was using. Maybe it was a Loctite. I don't know. So, but have you ever heard of anything yeah, like that? Loctite, Loctite absolutely has a shelf life. Okay, uh, well, I've had it for you know, a while, so probably, maybe that was it. Yeah, probably unopened a couple of years, I would say. It could go yep. not being open. Once year. you open it, yeah. within a year, it's it's going to be worthless. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, guns, markings, loose scope. Yeah, I had a really loose scope. But not only was the scope loose with the rings, but the base was loose. So you can imagine. So I'm, I'm freaking out here. I'm going, what the hell? Blah, blah. So uh, I, we go to, the, they go to the third stage. I was like, look, guys, I am not going to um shoot this next stage i'm going to go down to the zero range which is the other far end of the range and work on this tighten this stuff up I, so i have my tools and all that tighten all this stuff up and then i'm gonna to have to re-zero and see how close it is or, or whatever and so they're like hey, no problem so i walked down there got tools out tightened everything up and it was it was crazy like Almost all of the screws were loose, not like coming out, but they were loose. And then even on the, um, on the mount, the, the, the rail mount, um, were loose. I have like vortex rings and a loophole rail mount. So, I mean, you know, it's not like I'm getting Amazon stuff for a dollar. I mean, it was I paid decent money for those. So, um, uh, it was an inter interesting anyways. So I got everything tightened up, got everything leveled again, and started trying to zero and sure as shit i was at 100 yards at 100 yards i was like well over a mil and a half high and over a mil of like a mil 1.3 mils right was where i was from the last zero uh, and at 100 yards that's a tremendous amount of being off uh, being a mil and a half high or whatever at five or six, 700 yards. But at a hundred yards, being a mil and a half high is not good. Um, so yeah, it was just, it was crazy. So I, I got that finally figured out. I missed two, two and a half. Basically I, I shot, I got to shoot five stages on Saturday, five of the 10 stages um, between uh, I should say I, I shot the first two stages, but crazy shit happened, so I don't really count those. Um, but yeah, I, I had fun. Um, I was very pleased once I got everything straightened out and tightened and fixed. Um, I was pleased at how I shot. I probably had, I don't know, Buck could tell you, uh, maybe a 60% hit rate, um, which isn't bad considering. Um, but I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I had some good hits, but yeah, I mean, I definitely learned a lot because I went in there, I was nervous. I made a lot of rookie mistakes, whether it was physical stuff where I put bags and different stuff like that, or mental rushing some shots and all of that. Um, most definitely made a lot of rookie mistakes for sure. Um, but the great thing about it is, is I learned a lot of what not to do. So that in my next match, I know I'll, I will be prepared for those. Um, I was very happy <clears throat> that the last uh, stage that I shot was out at 780 yards. And we took about 10 shots out at 780 yards. I got about eight off, which I was trying to in my mind. 
and I talked to you about this, Clover, but my mindset was is if it's a 10-round stage, I want to get half those shots out with good hits, you know, and maybe if I get more than that, great. And I think I got maybe seven or eight shots out, and I think I hit four or five at 780 yards. So um, very happy about that. So I know that the rifle is good. I know that the scope is good when it's in working and it's put together right and everything's tight and everything's good to go. Um, the rifle and scope are good to go. They can do the job. One of the biggest issues that I had is um, I had ordered a muzzle break and it was supposed to be in before the match showed up yesterday. So it uh, would have been nice to have that uh, just for recoil management and, and muzzle rise to where I could be able to see impacts or see misses. Um, you know, my, my barrel jumped quite a bit without that break on there. A lot of guys were running suppressors, and um, I, I get that. I'm not a big suppressor guy. I'd rather run a break than a suppressor. Uh, that's just me. But um, let me ask you, you know, when, when it comes to – this is not my first competition. I shot pistol competition for it, but this was my long – long range debut but you know clover you've been doing competitions and different stuff and, and been around whether you were shooting it or coaching it or whatever running matches um, when it comes to first timers you know i would say that i i felt good because a lot of guys say hey you make the same mistakes we all make first time and i'm assuming that you know in most competitions you're probably going to get a lot of the same mistakes from every first time they make the same basic kind of mistakes do they not yeah, no, all the time. Got Rogue is jumping in. What's going on, Rogue? How are you? Okay. Helps if I unmute the mic. Well, it would help probably. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. It's been, been a long day. How are you guys doing? Uh, just talking about that match I shot this weekend. So, yeah, um, I'm kind of, kind of jealous about that. I was, it's, it, I had a blast. And, Although I had a lot of stuff happen to me, um, a lot of it self-inflicted, but some of it was not. Um, I did not get down. I did not let it ruin my match. I, I kept plugging. I, I tried to work the problem, whatever the problems were, try to fix mistakes that I was making both mentally and physically. All of that stuff, I, I kept on grinding, uh, trying to get better, which is only going to help me in the future, I think. Um, well, I mean, but and yeah, that's, about and that's what first matches are about, though. First matches are all about yeah. learning about what you don't know yet. Yeah. Uh, AWAG says use Vibratite BC3, been using it for five years and works better than Loctite. His 300 Win Mag had the same problem. Um, so yeah, maybe I mean, you know, I have no problem trying something else. I just Loctite's what been using for a long time and and all that i i had never heard of loctite having a shelf life uh and i don't think that i don't know if that's what happened but it seems like that's something that happened because it wasn't just like one screw it was a lot of the screws and it wasn't just on my rings it was on the base plate and all of that so it's like and all of that was used with the same red loctite so I, I can only assume that that's what went wrong. Um, 
Rich White says, I use the oil-resistant Loctite where firearms are concerned. If you get gun oil on standard blue or red, can break it down. Um, I've had the gun for a month, so it's not like I've it's it's getting a lot of stuff on there. It's not like it's been this, that, and the other. It's I've had it for a month, so how much stuff could it really get on there? You know, um, Guns of Barbecue says I didn't mean to sound like a snob, but are you torquing everything properly? I'm in addition to the Loctite, absolutely. Um, I was going, um. I went with whatever the loophole, I think it was, I want to say it was 25 or 30 um, pounds for the base. And then um, for the rings slash the scope, I think it was 18 pounds is what they recommended for the scope was 18 pounds. I went by the manufacturer suggested torque settings. So um I, that's all I can do. I, I, you know, can I go a little bit more? Sure, but if if it says eighteen pounds for the rings around that scope, I'm not going to go to twenty because I don't want I don't want anything to bad to happen to that. But obviously, if they put eighteen in their manual, then they've tested eighteen. It should be fine, you know. So I can only do that. What about you guys? I mean, do you hear? Do you think I did anything aside from maybe a? A shelf life. I mean, did I? No, I don't do you think it, it was something that I did, or is it just some of those weird things that happened? Maybe with it coming loose, I don't think it was a torque issue. I mean, what did you yeah. use to torque everything down with? Um, what is it? That is it a Wheeler? I think it's a Wheeler. Yep. A yellow, the fat, the fat wrench. Yeah, yeah, the fats. I love. I've been using that forever, yeah. and I've never had issues yeah. ever with anything. Yep. Never. Yeah, the fat wrench is awesome. Firearm. Firearm accurizing torque wrench, fat wrench. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's, yeah uh, it's, it's, it's inch pounds, not you know, yes. it's inch pounds. Yes, guys. Yes. I yeah, you would have broke. You would have broke something. I would have broken it pounds. big time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you'd totally. have snapped the head off of something. Um, no, I mean, you know, here's here's the thing. I, you know, and and let me caveat what I'm about to say by saying mm. that I've never done this in a competition. <clears throat> However. I have taken a scope, mounted it with a standard screwdriver, and just wrenched it down. Um, yeah. And toted it all over the woods, everywhere, anywhere, and everywhere, and shot out to two, three, four hundred yards with no problem. Right. Yeah. Um, and we're talking about, you know, kills on on a on a deer, you know, kills on on a pig. So you're six to yeah. eight inches at that kind of range. So you're well beyond MOA. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. and you know, never had an issue. So, you know, probably more so a a, a Loctite, and maybe it didn't set properly. Uh, yeah, and, so and the Loctite, says there could have been some oil remnants on the parts. Ah, the Loctite, too, yeah, there yeah. very well could have been, man. I mean, yeah, very well yeah. could have been. Um, I I like to clean my uh, screws and stuff uh, with like an acetone or something really good mm. in like a q-tip um and then that way they're they're dry except for the loctite right there yeah. there's nothing nothing on there well um, and, and that might have been my mistake because i literally got these vortex rings right mm -hmm. and the loophole rail base literally took them out of the package and installed them thinking they're brand new things but i didn't think about the screws possibly having some kind of oil grease or something yeah. 
from the manufacturer so they maybe not rusted or something in transit who knows i didn't think about that so that that very well could have been the case and it and it don't take much i mean a, a thin but film been shooting for the last I mean, month, though, and, nothing, and they never came loose the last month maybe it was the temperature change because they did get cold in the last week i don't know does that have, usually have anything to do with it yeah oh yeah yeah temperature is going to make metals and, and different things yeah. expand and all of that but what it sounds like is that it was it was potentially a little bit of that like i said if you have uh, if that Loctite had been open for months, especially, um, well, I've, I've had it for a couple of years, you know? So. Yeah. Well, it, yeah, it probably didn't set more than likely. It didn't set properly. Cause you only, I, you so, only use a little bit of a dot of red Loctite for anything. So a bottle goes a long way. You know? Yeah. Yeah. If you don't, if it doesn't set properly, it's basically yeah. a, a lube, you know what I mean? It's basically sure, a grease if it never sets. So, you know, and then, um, you know, it's just a matter of time and everything else from moving it here, moving it there and moving it around. Yeah. Uh, you know, but you know, again, I go back to, you know, I've tightened things down with no lock type before hand, you know, hand tight with a screwdriver type situation and never had an mm -hmm. issue for years and years and years, but yeah, you know, so who knows? Yeah. Like I, said, I, I don't know what happened. I just thought it was strange. Yeah. What's that? AWAG's, AWAG out there, he says he soaks his in the 91% rubbing alcohol, and that's true. Um, that acetone yep. will absolutely strip a finish, but I don't really care about the finish on a screw. Now, the screw head, maybe, but I don't clean that yeah. part with acetone. So, yeah, I just wanted to copy. He's, he's right. I don't want anybody. Acetone. I don't want anybody putting acetone on their receiver or something, you know. Yeah. Don't do that. Um, I. People who sometimes use fingernail polish remover, you can uh -huh. please get the non-acetone fingernail polish remover. Um, acetone on, on a firearm could do and, some serious weirdness. So. And I'll tell you what, uh, in a pinch, uh, use it for years, fingernail polish works pretty good in place of Loctite. <laughs> I never thought about that, but yeah, yeah. I bet you it probably was. It, it does it harden does. up. It you does. Know? Yeah. It At really least it does. gets you to the next loctite that you have a chance to you know I, I i yeah i don't know that i would i don't know that i would trust it for a match right but right. just general person out there with the scope and they're hunting or whatever yeah get just get, day, and, and i'll tell you this much too here's the thing fingernail polish doesn't go bad as quickly either yeah hmm. there you go so there yeah. you go yeah I, I, it was just one of those anything that kind of could go wrong uh, did which is not a, like I said, it's not a bad thing. Um, because I, I, I went through a lot of the growing pains in the very first match, I'll continue to go through some of them. Um, but I did the same thing when I started IDPA and started, you know, hey, I want to cut out instead of having six mental mistakes, I want to cut it down to three this time, um, and then cut it, you know, whatever. And, um, you know, I I, and the funny thing is, is uh, I didn't come in last. I literally shot half the stages of the match and finished ahead of five people. So um, my wife made fun of me, says they probably just didn't show up or something. You know, I was like, uh. but, um, you know, considering I, I felt good of how I shot once I got everything up and running. Um, so I know it's there. I know it's in me. I hit out to 800 yards, uh, four out of, I think four out of seven shots that I took that stage. So um, with a, a pretty crazy wind. 
So I was I was happy about that. Um, I know that the rifle is good. I know that the scope is good. Um, I know that I've got to get some uh, different bags. I need to get uh, the, 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 the muzzle brake. I've got to get some stuff that I think will help. Uh, interestingly enough, you know, with the production rifle that I'm shooting and the production division that I'll be shooting, my rifle comes in at about 14 pounds. Now you look at the guys that are all winning this thing, including Zach. Zach, he, I want to say this out to Zach. He came in fifth out of the 50 shooters. He came in fifth while basically being a parent to four first-time shooters in his squad. He helped everyone. He was awesome and still was able to, you know, you know, when it came time for him to shoot, was still able to come in and, and get some great shots in. He came in fifth in the match, uh, which I think people coming fifth in that match is good, but much less babysitting all day also. So I was, big shout-out to Zach. He did a great job. But his rifle weighs like 29 pounds. He's using the heavy barrels. He's using... Um, you know, the different stocks and chassis that are, are weighted down, they probably have weights on their guns. Uh, obviously, the more weight you have, um, the recoil management will be better and all of that. But his rifle literally raised twice as much as mine. Um, and he's, I think he was, said he was shooting six dasher. I think he was shooting six dasher. Um, but yeah, it was. It's amazing when you start seeing these guys' rifles that are competing to win all these things, and they're all, you know, eight to twelve thousand dollar rifles and three to six thousand dollar scopes and all of that. It was. It's. It's crazy. But you know, you start kind of looking and seeing. Hey, what kind of barrel? Because I'm not there yet. But like, what kind of barrel are these guys using, or what kind of, of stocks are these guys using? What kind of actions are these guys using? Uh, what kind of optics, you know, this, that, and the other, what are they using? Because, and it seems funny, but I'm sure you guys know this as well, but you start looking at different disciplines and the guys that are competing every week to win all these things are all using a lot of the same stuff. So there's something to that, you know? Uh, yes, you're going to spend some money to get to those. Um, but, you know, the gear does help. And I, I think the one thing after next year, um, I did talk to a lot of them about the Brigar. Yes, the Brigars are great, and the action's really good, and this, that, and the other. And I like the optic. Uh, I think the one thing that I would my first my first upgrade will be after next year, because I do want to shoot production. Um, is probably going to a heavy barrel. Um, I think that'll probably help a lot. But uh, man, some of these barrels they're using are, um. And they weren't even using the crazy expenses. Some of them were. I think Zach's was like maybe 400, 450, uh, which when you're talking about competition barrel, heavy barrels, that's not really that much. Uh, I've seen them go for a lot longer. But I think it's like Bright, Bright, Brightland, Brightline, B R E I T L I, or something like that. Brightland, something like that. Have you heard of that Clover or Rogue, the barrels? Um, that's what he was using. It was a heavy barrel. Was, uh, let's see here. Bright barrel. You hear me okay? Yeah, Bartland. Yeah. What is it? Bartland. Um, how do you spell it? B-A-R-T. I don't know if that's how it's Who's pronounced. Spelled? Yeah, I don't know. Bartland. It was, it was started with a B is what he was saying, but uh, I don't know. But yeah, um, yeah, his his rifle weighed like twenty nine pounds. And, uh, obviously, obviously, the more weight, the more stable that 
firearm's going to be. It's just like anything else. That's why a five-inch barreled handgun that's a little bit heavier, like a 1911, is going to be a lot more stable and probably a little bit more accurate than a three-inch, um, you know, subcompact pocket gun. You know, it's just what it is. Um, well, but yeah, I, I think, yeah, go ahead. You know, you had the issue with, uh, you know, torquing down and locking optics in and all of that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. hang on, hang on a sec. Uh -oh. I had to cough. Didn't okay. want to do it in the mic. Oh, um, I hear you. So, you know, for years I've run the buck marks, you know, in competition, right? So, you cannot, obviously, because that all has to be disassembled in order to clean and stuff, right? Yeah. You can't lock tight them down. And not only that, but because of uh, the aluminum rails and the other factors, I have to yeah. literally run anti-seize on those screws, not Loctite. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, you have to run an aluminum anti-seize on those because, and you just have to, in between uh, in between stages or whatever, you basically, you keep an Allen wrench in your pocket, and in between stages, you just make sure you're snug. Um Huh. Because if you don't, um, you will go to take um, that rail off uh, to clean, you know, to, you know, what, everything you got to do, uh, you know, full, full clean. Of course, you could do a, you know, sure. uh, just a quick clean. But if you're going to do a, a full clean or especially if you're going to tweak something, polish something, whatever, uh, you'll end up snapping a screw head trying to get them off because they'll they'll bite into that aluminum. Um you know, or you'll end up rounding it and end up having to drill it out. It sucks. I can't tell you the number of, of buckmark rail screws I've had to drill over the years for people. So it, it's interesting how you're talking about that, and I'm going through my mind thinking it's directly the opposite, it's, it's depending the opposite, on what you're doing, yeah, you know. Exactly, yeah, having that opposite issue. Um, yeah, it was just one of those things where, like I said, I mean, it was just weird to me because I when, when I was at the zero range, and that whole, you know, month prior shooting, everything set up and, and shooting and all that, never had an issue. Went to the zero range. Everything was good to go. And then the 400-yard walk from the zero range to our first stage, something happened. I don't know. Um, it was just one of those strange things. And, and, and honestly, I didn't even think about it. Like, they had a – it was the second – stage before anyone came over and Zach was like, let me just look at your stuff real quick. Cause that was really strange. And he's like, man, this is really, really loose. Like you would think that I would notice it was loose or I would notice it was moving or hearing a sound or something when I was shooting, I never did. So I don't know. It was just one of those strange things, but um, yeah, like I said, once I got, well, I got you, you remember when we went and shot with Charlie and I yep. took my 308 out of the case and got down and was going to shoot. And my scope was all wonky. Remember that? I do remember that. Yes, and I, I do. Never, and I never shot because it wasn't any good. My scope was all wonky. Um, and like, I don't know how it got that way. I, I have no clue how it got that way. So sometimes, you know, you're trying to figure out what went wrong. Sometimes stuff just goes wrong. You know, gremlins or who knows. Well, it was so funny because one of the one of the guys in my squad, he's like, "Where did you park?" And I was like, "I parked down there by the hundred yard range." He says, "Okay." And we went to the safety brief and all that. 
where was your rifle? And I was like, right there by my truck. He's on the ground outside. And I was like, yeah, but the other 11 other vehicles that were there had theirs right there also, you know, and we were only maybe 50 yards from the vehicles for the safety brief. But he was saying maybe someone messed with it. Why would they mess? Like if, 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 if you're walking, no offense, if you're walking by 10 vehicles, nine of them are from out of state and have probably 10 to 15 grand in their rifles. And then there's this little $2,000 Bergara sitting there. Which one are you going to mess with? The ones that spend $10,000, $12,000 in the rifles or the $2,000 stock rifle? I'm not messing with a stock rifle because I'm probably not worried about that guy. But maybe, and I don't think anyone did that. I think, I think just something happened. Like I said, it was just one of those weird things that happened. And it is what it is, you know. Yeah, I was thinking you were talking about your, uh, you would have noticed if it was loose or not before. You also yeah. remember that's your first match. You got a lot of stuff going through your head. Oh, yeah. About stuff. So you, you might not, it, it, it's perfectly understandable that you wouldn't notice something right off the bat because you're focused on so many other things going on yeah. that, you know, you set your scope, it zeroed fine. You were doing good. Why would you ever think the scope was off? Right. You know, why would you ever think it's loose? Um, I can see that because I actually had a, a, a USPSA match where um, it was the first time I took my um, my P320X5 out. And halfway through the match, the, uh, the sights were off. And it was just one of those weird things is, you know, I, I shot it for a, a couple. I took it out a couple of times before. It um it was it shot fine the day before and then God about two stages in I just couldn't hit crap with a gun and my sights were 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 loose and um yeah I just I, I just had to figure it out on the range yeah. but yeah I can I can totally see that um you know you got so many other things I was I'm like going through the whole thing of is my grip wrong and and everything I'm looking through all that stuff and. It finally dawned on me that my sights were off. Yeah. Uh, so, there was, oh, go, go ahead. I was no, going to say, real quick before you go in there, is, is Buck was making fun of the, you leaving your rifle out in the rain, too. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that, uh, <laughs> yeah I didn't leave my rifle out in nowhere. Trust me. This is true. Uh, it got everybody and everything. Um, yes, it did. No. So, transportation, I've seen, I've seen issues before. So, with your case, does everything yeah. fit in there tight? Yeah, yeah. Okay, because I've seen people that have custom cases and different things, and literally they're slop, and they move it, and the rifle goes thunk, 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 thunk. And I mean, it's like I get the whole idea of a custom case, but if it doesn't fit tight, you know, it's that's no. What, what I've done right? is is I, I I actually laid out everything that's in the case, and then cut the foam so that the, the rifle and everything out there sits inside right. the foam. So I mean, it's, it's tight, you know, but it, but it sits up above the foam enough that the lid and everything puts pressure on it to, to yeah. Yeah. hold it. Right. Sure yeah. Um, so my next thing, did you, you try, I'm guessing you transported it in the very back of your Hummer. I put it in the back seat of the Hummer. Ooh. Okay. 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 Now did you I lay it down? Uh, what's that now? Did you did you lay it down or stand it up? Laid it down flat. 
Okay. So all of that I've seen in the past could have an effect. First of all, putting it over the axle of a vehicle, which would be in the very back, um, could be actually worse because you're directly over the axles. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah, it, was, it was in the, it was in like um, the back seat, not in the back, but in back. The back seat. You, yeah. yeah. But also standing it up, if you stand it up, you're more or less suspended. You know what I mean? Yeah, putting it up with the stock side down, I guess. Yeah, I probably could have done that. Stand it up with the stock side. Yeah, with the stock side down, and you're actually, everything is suspended. And so as it bounces or whatever, you don't get any side to side on that. You feel what I'm saying? On that on yeah. that scope. Stand it up and then put your seat belts around it, or you can do, you know, put other stuff in front of it. Um, or even put it in the floorboard of the back, you know what I'm saying, and stand it up. Yeah. Um, little little tricks like that but i mean it shouldn't be an issue if everything is locked correctly and all of that i think that's where everything went south I, I still i still do think because like i said it wasn't like one screw it was a lot of them you know i think i, I on, on each ring i have four screws two on each side so there's two rings so there's eight screws on the rings and then i think what four screws two in the front two in the back on the rail the mount um and six of the eight on the rings and three of the four on the mount were loose uh, yeah all using the same lock type so yeah awag out there he says he's not kind to any of his rivals he said i absolutely abuse mine to purposely see where they fail uh and that, that's me i i don't i don't treat anything really with kid gloves um, Bucks and remember Arkansas uh, bottles. This is true too. <laughs> but I haven't had, you know, I haven't had just a ton of issues either. So you know, but I guess I've been lucky. No, and, and, and like I said, I would much rather have it this happen in my first match because I learned a lot of stuff. One, I I had to walk all the way into you know 400 yards away to get to my tools in the zero range, where. I'm going to start bringing my tools with me because I easily, very easily could have probably tightened everything down, but I'd still have to probably go re-zero anyways, but I, I could have at least tightened everything down right there, but I left my tools in my truck, so I had to go back to get the tools to begin with. Um, that would probably, that's something that I had to learn. Um, i tell you another thing that that happened is my, my bipod. Um, so my bipod, my rifle comes with a swing swivel sling swivel uh, underneath the uh, stock and that's what this bipod hooks up to um, and it kept com coming loose quite frequently right. actually yeah. and so what I've already done is I've already ordered um, Bergara which a uh, rail that the Bergara makes for their rifles that you take that sling swivel out and this rail attaches right where that was and now I can attach the bipod to a rail which means it probably won't come loose very much. So, you know, once again, little things that I've learned already in just one match uh, are going to pay huge dividends uh, down the road. Mm -hmm. uh, yep. And it will help me. Bucks says it will help me put the muzzle brake on. Yep. Um, I was probably literally the only person in the entire match. I can't say this for a fact, but uh, they didn't have some side, some some kind of muzzle device, whether it was a suppressor or brake. Um, most people were running brakes, but I saw quite a few, a lot of people running suppressors. Yeah. And so I contacted some folks, uh, friends of mine that are in this game a lot, and I asked them, I said, honest opinion, for a PRS like comp, 
you know, suppressor, muzzle brake. And most people say muzzle brake, but some people just enjoy shooting suppressor. But when it comes to recoil management, they say that brakes are twice as good as recoil management than suppressors are. So I think I am going to stick with a brake. I just, um, you know, for me, spending the, the time of getting the tax stamp and the money of a suppressor when I can get a $200 muzzle brake yeah. that supposedly is going to do twice as good of recoil management, that's really what I'm looking for. So I think I am going to stick with muzzle brake versus suppressor. Um, I know you're a fan of suppressors, uh, Clove, but when it comes down to maybe like long range competition, would you stay with a suppressor or would you go muzzle brake? I would tend to go probably muzzle brake. Honestly, I mean when you're when you're talking about longer range and and bigger calibers, the thing about a suppressor is you've got added weight on the end, and that's going to screw with harmonics, you know, and you know. Um, you know, even a, a really good suppressor is only going to do so much for recoil mitigation. Um, and, you know, brakes, there are brakes. Not all brakes are. Some are designed simply to look cool and they have no other function. Uh, that's where you got to be really careful what brakes you buy. But, you know, I talk about it all the time. I've got a vice brake on my uh, 300 Win Mag. Mm. And that thing cuts the recoil in half easily on that i mean a 300 wind mag it doesn't i don't have any muzzle brake on my 308 and that 300 wind mag the recoil is about the same probably as that 308 on a oh, 300 wow. Wind mag. oh wow okay cool yeah, yeah. Uh, now buck asked me if i'm gonna be able to shoot production class if i put a rail on there i believe i can I have to look at it but i believe i can because i'm getting it from the manufacturer so it's not necessarily an upgrade in like a trigger or action. They, I think where they, they really want to make sure that you're not upgrading triggers and action to be considered production. Uh, they, they still want the, the manufacturer's action, the manufacturer's trigger. If I was to go put like a Timmy trigger in or a different action in there, then I don't think I could run production. But just adding a rail instead of a sling swivel, I don't. I will. I will go check. That's a good question, Buck. I will go check the rules on that. But I suspect that just replacing yeah. a sling swivel for a rail isn't as long as I don't touch the trigger or the action. I, I'd imagine well, some some production chassis are in stocks already have that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's and it's and, and, and I'm getting it from Bergara, you know. So it's not like I'm going to get an, a a third party, you know, uh, thing. So I, I will. Uh, that's a good question, though, Buck. I will check on that, but I, I don't. I don't suspect that will be the case. Uh, how much add-ons can you put on your rifle before you can't shoot production? Once again, I was talking to Leon a couple weeks ago in in Missouri, and Leon at the time was tied for he and two other guys were tied for number one in the country in the production class, and he was saying as long as the action and the trigger pretty much come from the factory, like the way that you bought the rifle and the rifle and the scope have to be under a certain dollar amount. Uh, you can't just say it's a production rifle, but it says $10,000 rifle. It's got to be under like, I think, I think I want to say the rifle and optic combined has to be under like $4,000 total uh, combined. But uh, I'm pretty sure he was saying that he couldn't change the action or trigger because that would take him out of production. But uh, I will, I mean, I always want to check on all that stuff, but I'm pretty sure we're talking barrel. We're talking action. We're talking trigger. If we're talking about a rail, I don't think that's a big deal because I had to add a rail to my, for a scope mount. Mm -hmm. And that would keep me in production as well. Well, so. it, it makes me wonder what, 
looks like uh you know harry once said right it's nothing stock about a stock car um it makes me wonder you know you keep this you yeah you've got a factory action you've got a factory trigger but there's certain things you can do to that factory action and factory trigger you know what i mean you could blueprint the action you could do certain things to that you could you know polish and do things on the trigger right and it would still be factory so true, but it's not. It's not really, you know. Yeah, but that's where that's where knowing the knowing yeah. the rules and also, you know, having people you can talk with, right, to know where you can twist the bend those rules. Let's say, right. Well, uh, yeah, because you know, and that's the great thing about, and it's just any competition community, uh, whether it's pistol or three gun or cowboy or long range or whatever. Everyone is so welcoming and they're, and they're willing to help you. Know, I've, I've made already made really good friends just in the last couple of weeks of people that I've been around that I talk to all the time now online. Um, a lot of guys from Missouri, you know, checked in on me after I shot Saturday. I'm like, how did everything go? This, that, and the other. I was, we're really, really cool. They didn't have to do that, but they did. I was really, really excited about that. Um, but yeah, having those guys as a resource, cause they've all been where I am. Um, you know, I, I it, it will help having those guys as a resource. But more importantly, I think the biggest thing is is um, asking questions. Hey, you know, if I want to do this, you know, what's a good one? And and that's kind of what I did uh, before I bought the muzzle brake. And I was kind of asking guys, hey, what's good muzzle brake? And a lot of people came back and said the Area Four Nineteen Hellfire match is a great one for six five three more. They said if you were doing something else, maybe a little bit different one. And and. And so I, that's what I got because I, I got that answer from several people. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're talking about, you know, eventually I will have to upgrade probably action or triggers or barrels. And at that point, I know that I'm be taking myself out of the production, but um, part of my journey is shooting production the first year because I want to not only for me, but to show other people, you know, you can get into this game for, let's say $2,000 for a rifle and a scope and still compete and do well. So the people out there say, well, I've got to spend 10 grand on a rifle to even try this thing. You know, maybe you do, maybe you don't, but uh, I'm going to take this journey over the next year and shoot, you know, matches in the production division with a rifle and a scope that cost me two grand. And so that right there tells me that anyone can do it. So, um, that's part of the journey as well. But eventually, yes. I mean, you know me, Clover, and I'm very ultra competitive. So eventually I do want to start competing in these things. And I know that I'm going to have to go and spend some money, and upgrade triggers, upgrade barrels and this, that, and the other, but I don't have to do it right away. You know, um, Buck says I need to get a set of rules. Yeah. I mean, I've got the rule. I just need to go in there and look at them. Um, and PRS, yeah, I mean, that's where I got the rules is off the PRS website. I downloaded the PDF and all that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of those things that, um, yeah, the biggest thing that I've, I've enjoyed so far is just asking questions, but also watching these really good shooters, uh, take the gear and the accessories and the add-ons, and the upgrades out of it, take it completely out of it. Just watching these guys shoot and how they go about, um, go about how they do things. There was a stage and it was a stage that I wasn't there for because I was doing the thing. I came back with like one or two shooters left and, and every match, I guess they have a tiebreaker stage 
Uh, let's say you have a, a, a 10 round, most of the stages are eight to 10 rounds and you have like a minute and a half or a minute 45, whatever it is to shoot the stage. But then they have one that's a tiebreaker. And it's, if there's a tiebreaker to see who wins the match or whatever, then you have, let's say it's eight shots and you have a minute 45. Well, they have the eight, you know, they, they go by first, how many shots you hit. And then if you're still two people tied with, they both get eight out of eight, then they go by how quickly you got those eight shots. So they do that on every, in every match. The one that I was there watching, it says, okay, you have, and it was like an unknown distance thing type thing. Um, and you have to take eight shots and the time starts on your first shot, whatever, you know, and you see guys go out there and they, they, they find their first distance and take the shot. Then, they do that, and then they go to the next target. They try to figure out the distance and then take the shot. It's like, oh, you know, um, maybe you should get all your distances before you start shooting because the, the clock started when you took your first shot, and you didn't have the second, third, or fourth distance. And it's like, you know, every rule that they have, they build in loopholes, but you just have to be able to, you know, either smart enough or the experience enough to figure out those loopholes and every rule that they make. They want you to succeed, but you just got to figure out the best way and the best strategy to succeed. And that's part of what I enjoyed watching also is watching how they did things that will help me get better at how I approach a stage as well. So that was really cool as well. I see that uh, TJ is out there. Uh, what's up, my brother TJ from Gear Report? Um, there's a rumor possibly we might be seeing TJ in Tulsa, just saying we may or may not, but there's a rumor that the discussion is at least happening, that there could be a TJ sighting in Oklahoma. I don't know if Oklahoma will ever be the same if he shows up, but, uh, I hope, hope he shows up. Um, now AWAG says, I don't, um, I don't compete. However, I strive for perfection. I'll gladly give you information on my failures. So hopefully, yeah. And, and that's the great thing about this is I'm such a newbie at this and I'm, 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 I'm ignorant to a lot of this stuff because I am new and, and I'm one of those guys that will dive in head first and learn as much as I can, but I'm going to be learning for the next couple of years, at least, you know, I, I'm probably never going to stop learning on how to do things. But all the resources that I could possibly ever have, I'm welcoming any and all. So if you, if you guys have experiences, like I said, I'm never going to turn down uh, recommendations or anything like that because that's what it's all about. Um, yeah, Gun Love and Grandpa is a good heavy bag is a must. Thinking about getting a bag from Coltac, I ordered one from Armageddon. Um, I was using Armageddon, um, it's called a Schmedium. Um what they called it but uh the game changer i was using uh, a guy's bag all weekend and i went ahead and ordered one of those because i was only like a hundred bucks or something um but yeah a, a good bag it sounds crazy but a good bag is and i'm not talking about a backpack i'm talking a support bag uh whether you use it for using it on the on on top of on the front of your rifle depending on a barricade or using it as a rear support bag a good bag is is tremendously important in this game so i've already ordered one of those for sure uh buck said that uh, the guys in little rock was good about letting the new guys get ready before they started yeah so there were a couple uh a couple stages that especially one of the prone that was going out to about 800 yards you know they before they started the buzzer they let us get down on the prone set bipod heights you know double check everything was good to go and they said okay are you ready now like, yeah i'm ready now 
So that they were they were great. They wanted us to they want to give us every opportunity for a first time shooter to succeed. Uh, because the last thing that they want or anyone wants is for me to go home with a bad taste in my mouth and never come back and shoot again. So they did everything they could possibly do to help me out. And it was wonderful. I, I really do appreciate those guys. Obviously, the guys that are in my squad. I mean, it was it was a great experience, although I had some setbacks. It was still a phenomenal experience. And I'm probably even more galvanized now in my love for this thing because um, it could have it could have taken me down a dark hole. Uh, I just said, I don't want to do this anymore, but now I'm even more. I'm like, okay, let's do this. Uh, I want to get back to do this. So I was really, really happy about it. Um, AWACS says, make your own bag. Yeah, I guess you could. I guess you could get like a sock with some rice or fill it with sand or whatever. Uh, you could. I don't know how durable they would be. Um, I do know that the bag that I was using, this Armageddon bag, a guy I've been using for three years, and he shoots almost every weekend. And so I'm just going by what I used and, and, and all of that. So uh, that's what I went ahead and got. I'm sure there's other bags out there that are great. Coltac is uh, a lot of guys were using Coltacs. Uh, but the bag that I personally used was a buddy of mine, the Zach guy. His, his is an Armageddon. So I, I, that's what I went with. But, yeah, there's lots of, all sorts of bags out there. Uh, AWEX, these airsoft BBs. Didn't think about that. Uh, that could be a good I think those are pretty oh. expensive, though. Foam, foam uh, beanbag foam beads or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you could use beans. Um, you could use those little the thing, beads. The thing that I, I run into, and I mean, maybe that world is a little bit different. The thing that I run into with sand, with rice, with beans, uh, even, with airsoft, even with airsoft BBs, is weight. Um, yeah. And you can order, um, man, you can order those little you know what I'm talking about? Bing bag. They, they, they get all over the place with static electricity. So you got to be real careful with them. But yep. um, that's what I use in all of my bags uh, that I'm shooting off of. Now, obviously, if they're, you know, to weight down the sled and stuff like that, that's different. But absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know, I want something that's going to be, uh, you know, it has it has rigidity, but it doesn't have the weight. Yeah, and there is, and Buck says you can buy the filler on Amazon. Yeah, there is different kind of filler. Um, when I ordered my bag, uh, my, my Armageddon bag, it asked it had three different uh, filler options. It was sand. I could use sand or the standard filler that they recommend, or it is ultralight filler. And I went with a standard because that's kind of what everyone was saying. Get the standard. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you can, you know, you can buy the filler online on Amazon or wherever. And I'm sure over time you're going to have to, you know, refill that bag up. But uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's a synthetic stuff that they use. I'll know more when I get the bag here and I'll know more kind of what the, I don't know what the fill. I just went with the standard Armageddon filler that they typically recommend. I don't know what it is. I'll tell you, I'll tell you another thing um, that, that works really well um, for, and probably, you know, not for you, but if somebody's out there and they've got, especially a larger bag um, and they're, they're looking for a, a lightweight style filler, um, yeah. go out to like a shotgun range um, and use shotgun wads. Ah, interesting. That would be pretty good and, and like you said a lightweight yeah that's interesting i guess there's all you can get creative you can I mean, there's all sorts of stuff you could use i guess you know um yeah i got um like for uh 
the the bags that we used for um, uh, mainly for pistol uh, with the kids in 4-H. But we got, I don't even remember, like a dozen bags or something like that one year on a grant. And there was a plastics company that did, um, it was like an aerated plastic pellet. And I don't remember what they used them for. They made all kinds of injection molded plastic stuff, right? Uh Um, But I was talking about, I think I put a post on Facebook. And this has been decades ago or whatever. But um, I put a post on Facebook or something like that. And uh, the guy contacted me. He said, yeah, he said, I'm the owner up here at whatever plastics place. He says, I think the things i think i've got something that'll work he's like bring those bags by one day and let's check and it was these big huge bins man i mean huge bins just full of this stuff and it was weird it looked like almost like rabbit food or you know what i'm seeing or something yeah um mm-hmm. but it was or or maybe like the pellets for like a, a wood like a pellet grill sure but it yeah. was it was plastic and they were like aerated you know what i mean it wasn't like solid they had like holes hmm. all through them and stuff it was really weird yeah, um, and they use them because of the temperature at which the plastic melts because they have all the holes in them that create oh, the yeah, surface true. area and so the temperature at which they melt they can dump them in the hopper and keep it everything running smoother or something i don't know but i mean they worked out great so you know that's another thing if you've got any type of injection molded you know plastics place most of those, I mean, they didn't have a problem. It was for the kids, obviously, and they didn't have a problem filling up 12 bags. Uh, but, I mean, just one bag? I mean, there might be, you know, a manager or something there that might let you, might give you enough to do that. It wouldn't take no more than a few scoops, you know? Yeah, i tell you something that uh, in one of the long-range groups that I'm in, um, a lot of people were saying that for if you live in a very humid or an area that has a lot of moisture and a lot of rain, let's say like the Pacific Northwest or something like that. A lot of people said they use cat litter because it absorbs all that moisture. I was like, that's interesting. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, um, that's also a weight thing though. Uh, I've got some bags here. Uh, now I've taken it a step further uh, and they're still good. And I leave them out in the weather all the time, which is what's crazy. They're years yeah. and years and years old and they look horrible because of sun fading. But I actually, those are filled with cat litter, and I use them more for the weighted type aspect than anything. Right. But um, I put a gallon Ziploc bag in those and put the kitty litter in the Ziploc bag. The Ziploc, yep, sure. Right, absolutely. and then and then zip the, you know, zip the thing up. So you waterproofed um, it even more, yeah. Basically, but, you know, the, the bag has a liner and all in it, too. But I'm telling yeah. you, I, I went out there, and that, it's years and years and years old. And uh, I unzipped one I here a few months ago because uh, uh, Caldwell had sent me some new bags. Um, and I was just, I just wonder, you know, and I went out there, and the zippers all worked, and I pulled it out, and it was completely dry. The cat litter was. It's crazy. It is crazy. Uh, now, AWAG wants to know, he says, was Mirage from the barrel a big problem at all for you? And developing something to hopefully mitigate the mirage from the barrel. Uh, for me, it was not. Um, no, I, I, I didn't have any issues with mirage off the barrel for sure. Um, so, no, it wasn't an issue for me. Once again, I only shot half the stages. So it's not like my my barrel was getting overheated or anything. Because um, I probably put... 50 rounds 40 to 50 rounds total through that thing um but no i i did not have any mirage issues off the barrel um 
not at all. So, um, and then Buck was saying earlier also that uh, one of the guys in Missouri had a heavy bag, so we removed some of the heavy filling and replaced with the, the lightweight filling. It was lighter, but still solid the rest to rest the rifle on. So, yeah, I mean, any of that filler is going to be good. It just depends on what you're using it for. Are you using it for a rear bag or are you using it for uh, a support front bag, depending on a barricade or something like that? I guess that really all kind of depends on what you're going to – I think guys will carry a heavy and a light bag probably, you know. Uh, maybe, you know, who knows. But, yeah, yeah, um, I went with the Armageddon Game Changer, the medium size. Um, and I'm going to go with that for a while and then see how it works. And if I need to add something, then I will, and, you know, that will go down that road when I need to. Um, but yeah, overall, I had, like I said, it was, uh, an enjoyable weekend. I, I, I'm glad that I had some of the issues that I had. Um, obviously I wish I didn't, but I, I'm glad ultimately I'm glad I did because I went through a lot of stuff that, I knew I was going to have to face eventually, and I faced a lot of them maybe on the first first match. So maybe I'll be able to handle them better and uh, look for things in preparation that may mitigate some of those issues. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to the next match. My next match will be in February up in Missouri, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, what I want to do, I know Rogue's been kind of busy in the back. He's he's still kind of working uh, his day job a little bit while he's on here. But if he's available, I don't know if he's available right now. I'll see if he un unmutes. But uh, I want to give you a few minutes to talk about um, anything that we've discussed or uh, plug your channel or any projects you have going on. Well, I can tell you that um, I've been watching what you're doing because, you know, this is something that I eventually want to get into. Um so I, I'm kind of glad that you're learning all this stuff before me. And it's funny because I never thought about shelf life of Loctite before. Neither did I. Uh, I had no idea it was a thing, you know. And um, it, it's kind of funny because I have some, you know, I haven't been in FFL for two, almost two years now. And I still have Loctite from two years before I turned in my license. Um, so and I'm sitting there thinking about that stuff going huh, yeah, I, I, I'm thinking it's about time to time to replace that. Um, and then what Clover was talking about with, um, you know, the rifle being in the back of your truck. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was I was testing a couple of red dots for a company. And honestly, the whole the zero, I was I just took my rifle and threw it in the back of my car in a loose bag and just let that thing bang around for a while. Um so when, when he was talking to you about that, that was going through my mind. But it, it, it's kind of great seeing all this stuff. You know, I was watching your Instagram posts from the match, and I was just, I was kind of just, I was like, this is awesome. I, you know, I, I really awesome. want to get out and I, do this stuff. Awesome. It was such a fun time. Um, like I said, Buck was out there for a few stages and all of that. And I think, you know, he was having fun watching and all that. I think he's probably even excited now to get everything going and get started next year as well. It's just a really fun time. I think a lot of it has to come down to is the people. It comes down to the people are so warm and welcoming and helpful and want you to succeed and are willing to literally help you in any way, almost even sacrifice maybe how they shoot because they're helping you out so much. And that's the really great thing about the sports uh, shooting sports as a whole, no matter what discipline it is, uh, everything that I've ever been to, everyone's been just so awesome. So uh, if you're, if you're worried about doing this stuff, don't worry about it. Come out with, with what you have and, 
you'll be all right. People will help you. Yeah, and and that's what I learned a long time ago when I first started shooting competitions with pistols. I was so nervous going to my first match. And then people took their time to show me things and talk to me and uh, point point out some things I was doing wrong and some equipment uh, changes I might want to make. And that's awesome to hear uh, it go into the, the precision rifle stuff too. Because, you know, I saw that going through pistol, uh, steel challenge, and even three gun. And it's just a, it's a community thing. Um, and that's what makes, that's what makes this sport so awesome. You know, even though we're competing against each other, we're doing some things, everybody has time to help out the new person. And that, that's awesome to hear that that's carrying through. Yeah. You know, my previous experience, I've mean, done a lot of IDPA stuff, done some steel challenge. Uh, so this is my first like rifle competition. I was kind of wondering how it was going to go and going up to Missouri, couple weekends ago was awesome this past experience was awesome so yeah I, I think it's just the shooting sport people in general they want the sports to grow they want more people involved because the more fun you have in these competitions the more you're going to shoot your gun so ultimately it comes down to just enjoying your firearms and um, if competition's what you need to enjoy, which is kind of where I met, you know, I, I, and Clover knows this. I, I was talking to him, you know, months before I decided to go ahead and just buy the rifle. But I told him I, I love shooting pistol. I love shooting ARs, but I'm getting bored with it. I've been doing it for so long that I want to challenge myself in something that I don't have never done. Um, and, and competition with a rifle is something that I'm way out of my comfort zone with, but it's so much fun. It is so okay. much fun. Yeah, I always said that I was a pistol person that wants to be a rifle, uh, rifle person. Um, you know, I, I you know I've I've shot rifles. I hunted with rifles when I was a kid. Uh, rifles just were not my thing, but I've always liked them, even though I've shot pistols. And um, like you, you know, I like my ARs and stuff like that, but it, it's it's getting boring. Um, you know, I'm looking for the next thing, and and. You know, I, I grew up in Pennsylvania. For us, you know, a hundred yard shot was a long shot. You know, we're out there hunting, you know, you at a hundred yards, you're rethinking your shot because at 101 is a house or a tree. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, so you know, when I moved to Montana, I started hearing people taking elk at 700 plus yards. So I'm just like, man, I can't even see that far. But now that you know, I've lived here long enough that now, you know, now I'm taking rifles out to 500 yards and I'm starting to like it. Now I want to see, you know, and I'm just hitting gongs right now, but now I want to start getting the precision down. And, um, yeah, I, I think this is awesome. I, I'm glad that you're, I'm glad, number one, I'm glad that you're doing it. And number two, I'm glad you're doing it before me. Yeah. Well, I'm glad <laughs> that I could be a guinea pig. Uh, but you're going to be a guinea pig for the next guy and, and that person yeah. be a guinea pig for the next guy. And that's what it's all about is, is talking with these guys. They've all kind of been where we are. And that's the cool thing about it is, is, you know, you're following in people's footsteps that have been there, done that. And like I said, the vast majority of them are all willing and able to help in any way, uh, which is awesome. So, yeah. Uh, thanks for coming on, bud. You want to talk about your yeah, channel for where, can tell where they can find you and what projects you have going on right now? Yeah, I've got uh, I, you know, the YouTube channel, The Rogue Banshee, um, also on Full30 and uh, a couple of other platforms, all, all The Rogue Banshee. Uh, 
I I just did a video on some steel and launched uh, an episode of the podcast yesterday. And this week, um, I'm going to be taking out um, some Glock slides, some third-party Glock slides, and talking to you a little bit about these slides and about my experience with this uh, with this manufacturer. And that'll be coming out on Friday. So uh, definitely go check out the uh, the the channel on Friday to to see what I think about these Glock slides, especially since I gave up Glock, well, about six years ago. And I'm kind of making that swing back through Glock again. But yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, man. I do want to send a shout out to AWAG. AWAG has been awesome. Uh, the last month or two since I made this decision to get into this long range game, uh, AWAG, Man, I appreciate you so much, and uh, yeah, man, you're 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 a great resource as well. Um, so I know I'll be picking your brain for the next couple of years as well. I hope you don't get tired of me uh, asking questions, but uh, yeah, AWAG out there is yeah, if you're interested in a lot of stuff, man, AWAG is the man. So uh, go check out him as well. Uh, Clove, I'm gonna bring you in, and and I know you don't do anything on YouTube, so I don't, I don't know if you have any projects going on. But if you if you are planning on doing anything, you want to tell people where they can do they can find you. Doesn't do you any good to do anything on YouTube? They're all communists. I mean, yeah, yeah, they hate gun people. They hate gun people. Um, yeah, if you're, you're thinking about starting a uh, a channel doing any kind of firearm content, think twice. YouTube's against you. The the deck the the stick the stack is deck. What am I saying? The deck is the deck stacked is against deck. you. Yeah. Good yeah. lord. You could have you could have gone a really weird route with some of those words. Say there, that. Though. Say <laughs> that three times real fast. Anyway, uh, blueberry glazed. No, no, not yeah. Right. I know. Right. Uh, but yeah, no, not really. If uh, if you do want to make content, turn on the camera and start making it. But I would say. You know, just like everything, kind of like Ghost is doing with the uh, long range stuff, try to learn a little bit about what you're doing uh, and not just enough to turn on a camera and upload a video, but learn a little bit about the platforms you use. Um, yeah, that's it, man. I got uh, what I had a podcast with Ashley, History and Hills, yesterday, which was pretty freaking amazing. Uh, that chick is a literal walking encyclopedia. So, uh, that was a very cool conversation. Check that out if you hadn't uh, dropped a my first time uh, trying out a belly band holster. That video dropped earlier with a Bravo belt. Um, I'm not going to give me spoilers on that, but um, except to say my very first time. So it is true first impressions with a with a belly band <laughs> for sure. Right. Um, interesting is, is all I got to say about that. Uh, already been some great feedback in the comments on that video with people that do use belly bands and making some great points and, and all of that kind of stuff. I didn't know how well that type of thing was going to be received. A lot of people go figure in our community are very strongly opinionated about stuff. Right. right. So mm -hmm. I didn't know how that was going to turn out, but, uh, yeah, enjoying the conversation in the comments. So, um, yeah, that's it. Uh, Gunmetal Guy says, Ghost, can you check your website contact form? It's got a swag question in there. I will check it when I get off this for sure. Um, I haven't seen anything come across, but that doesn't mean that it didn't get stuck in spam or something like that. So I will definitely check that when I get off. Uh, as far as me, yeah. Uh, I hope you guys are enjoying this weird journey ride that I'm taking with the long range game. I know that it has been 
consuming most of my content. And if you're not interested, I understand that. Uh, I'm not going to stop shooting pistols or ARs and all that. I'm still going to be doing that. But uh, yeah, my passion right now is trying to get better at this at this sniper game, if you want to call it that. Um, so I hope you guys are enjoying the content. More importantly, yeah, just just get out there and shoot your guns, guys. And we, we talk about this all the time. I try to see this on every on every video now is enjoy your freedoms. See, there's a lot of bad stuff going on in this country and in this world right now, but we still have freedoms. And part of the freedoms is enjoying guns if you choose to do that. So get out there, enjoy your firearms, enjoy the freedoms we still have, and make sure that you're you know staying on top of all the two way legislation and the political crap that goes on because it is important, especially with what's going on with the, you know, you got the the house and the Senate and the, the, the president seemingly being anti-gun. Make sure you're keeping in, in check with the federal stuff, but more importantly, the local and state stuff as well. Uh, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on on the federal level, but we've seen, especially down where I live and where Clover lives and all that, there are some states that are really doing some amazing things for pro-gun legislation as well. So we always hear about the negative stuff. But we don't promote so, the, the positive stuff either. So we need to start doing a better job of that. Go ahead. So speaking of that, I don't know if ever, hopefully everybody voted today if they had the opportunity, but um, anybody hear how Virginia went? Uh, I know that Crump went live not too long ago talking about the Virginia election. So um it's funny. Being I was just looking at guy. the results right now. It's, it's, uh, it, it looks like, uh, they're going to go red. Um, wow. It, really? Still, not, wow. not well, a huge surprise, but a little bit, you know, it, well, what's it is a, a little is bit. Jersey. Jersey is almost dead even right now. Really? Well, so, this is, if nobody's paying attention, I mean, I got no vested interest really in Virginia sure. or Jersey, but, this is indication. Yeah, this is indication of what the how the country is actually feeling and, and how it may be moving in the very near future. Um, so that's why we need to to watch stuff like this. And the Virginia isn't necessarily ultimately surprising that it looks like it might go red, but New Jersey being neck and neck is kind of a big deal. So I might have to send a, a, a text over to our big our good friend Big Tony Simon. And see, I'm sure he's highly involved with what's going on up there. But uh, yeah, like I said, the trends are, 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 are I think there's going to be, and it's just me and Chloe and I talk about this a lot, but I think that a lot of people will agree that with the way things are going right now, I know people that voted for Biden, whether they're Democrats or not, whether they're just voting anti-Trump, whatever. I know a lot of people that voted for Biden are not happy right now. So I think there is a very good possibility of the house in the mid well and and the midterm senate races flipping a lot red and, and what will we take control over the house i don't know i think the senate is definitely a possibility uh next year but um i, I do think that the house is going to get if it doesn't get taken over by a red well i think it's going to be a lot closer for sure yeah well i'm not going to say we and i know you didn't really mean to mean to say no that. not like we um, but yeah yeah, because, you know, I, you know, a politician is a politician is a politician. That's but correct. what I do like to see is the balance of power at play. Yeah. Um, so yeah. I do not like it. it. It is too close to call. I know that we've, we've, we've technically got a tiebreaker situation in the Senate right now, correct? Correct. Uh, so, yeah. you know, it's, 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 to me, that's not balance. It's too close to call. So I want to see one of the three, at least one of the three, 
uh, you know, offset for that for that balance. Uh, and, and that's kind of where people I stand. Will say with they things. don't want that as long as it's all Republican. Well, we saw what I don't happened. want that either. I, I'm the same way. We saw what happened when we had the Republican president, House, and Senate. Mm-hmm. We we saw it, and once again, nothing happened because, of, like you said, ultimately. Well, it's politics and it's politicians. This, this could be. We've got we've got a lot of uh, Democrat and Republican politicians that are getting up there. This yeah. could be the beginning of the end of their political careers. Um, that it could be what we're starting to see. Uh, and and the beautiful thing is, if we can get certain people in positions of power. Um, and get or some out of the, positions of power. Well, if we could get certain ones out and other ones in, right? Yeah, and, sure. and until there's that vacuum, you don't even have an opportunity. Um, right. You know, we don't know what all could happen. We could very easily see, you know, a, a, a Kennedy Democrat style House mm-hmm. or Senate. You know what I sure. mean? Uh, sure. Just yeah. depending on who gets the leadership. Um, so as we weed out and, and people you know, get kicked out of office and lose elections and stuff. And like I said, I think I think we're going to look back in 10 years or something and go, you know, coming out of, you know, coming out of the cough cough, you know, 22, uh, you know, 21-22 is when that, that ball started rolling in that in that direction. So, uh, yeah. well, we can hope anyway. We can hope. Uh, but, yeah, more importantly, just, you know, kind of stay in touch with your local, state, and federal politics. Make sure that uh, the people that you are electing are being held to the standards that you want them to be held to. Um, yeah. Last thing you want to do is vote and then walk away and not vote again for four years or whatever it may be. But yeah. make sure you're always holding your elected officials, whether you voted for them or not, in check. That's what we do. That's what we are, and that's who we are. So, yeah, thank you guys so much for watching live. We appreciate the conversation out there. If you're watching and replay or listening in podcast form, the conversation does not have to end. Please utilize the comment section below. And if you're over there on the podcast side and you like what you hear, go ahead and subscribe to that podcast. More importantly, leave us a review. Uh, that really does help the analytics, especially on the Apple or the iTunes, whatever it's called now podcasts uh leaving a review and all of that will help uh maybe get this message reached out a little bit further more importantly i want to reiterate what clover said not just in the forums but yes if you are in the reddit forums or anything else share videos and podcasts like these if you enjoy or you think someone else will more importantly no matter where you are share 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 whether it's mine or anybody else's the more places we can get pro gun stuff out there into the masses the better so Thanks you guys so much for watching or listening. We will see you next week. Semper Fidelis.